buffer construction. The owner of this property at the beginning of the present century was a Mr. Patrick Byrne Starkey. His family had kept to the old faith and were staunch Roman Catholics, esteeming it even a sin to marry anyone of Protestant descent, however willing he or she might have been to embrace the Romish religion. Mr. Patrick Starkey's father had been a follower of James II, and, during the disastrous Irish campaign of that monarch, he had fallen in love with an Irish beauty, a Miss Byrne, as zealous for her religion and for the Stuarts as himself. He had returned to Ireland after his escape to France and married her, bringing her back to the court at Saint-Germain. But some license on the part of the disorderly gentlemen who surrounded King James in his exile had insulted his beautiful wife and disgusted him, so he removed from Saint-Germain to Antwerp, whence, in a few years' time, he quietly returned to Starkey Manor House, some of his Lancashire neighbours having lent their good offices to reconcile him to the powers that were. He was as firm a Catholic as ever, and as staunch an advocate for the stewards and the divine rights of kings, but his religion almost amounted to asceticism— and the conduct of these with whom he had been brought in such close contact at Saint-Germain would little bear the inspection of a stern moralist. So he gave his allegiance where he could not give his esteem, and learned to respect sincerely the upright and moral character of one whom he yet regarded as an usurper. King William's government had little need to fear such a one, So he returned, as I have said, with a sobered heart and impoverished fortunes to his ancestral house, which had fallen sadly to ruin while the owner had been a courtier, a soldier, and an exile. The roads into the trough of Bolland were little more than cart ruts. Indeed, the way up to the house lay along a ploughed field before you came to the deer park. Madam, as the country folk used to call Mrs. Starkey, rode on a pillion behind her husband— holding on to him with a light hand by his leather riding-belt. Little Master, he that was afterwards Squire Patrick Byrne Starkey, was held on to his pony by a serving-man. A woman past middle age walked, with a firm and strong step, by the cart that held much of the baggage, and high up on the mails and boxes sat a girl of dazzling beauty, perched lightly on the topmost trunk, and swaying herself fearlessly to and fro, as the cart rocked and shook in the heavy roads of late autumn. The girl wore the Antwerp faille, or black Spanish mantle, over her head, and altogether her appearance was such that the old cottager, who described the possession to me many years after, said that all the country folk took her for a foreigner. Some dogs and the boy who held them in charge made up the company. They rode silently along, looking with grave, serious eyes at the people, who came out of the scattered cottages to bow or curtsy to the real squire, come back at last, and gazed after the little procession with gaping wonder, not deadened by the sound of the foreign language in which the few necessary words that passed among them were spoken. One lad, called from his staring by the squire to come and help about the cart, accompanied them to the manor-house. He said that when the lady had descended from her pillion, The middle-aged woman, whom I have described as walking while the others rode, stepped quickly forward, and, taking Madame Starkey, who was of a slight and delicate figure, in her arms, she lifted her over the threshold, and set her down in her husband's house, at the same time uttering a passionate and outlandish blessing. The squire stood by, smiling gravely at first, 
but when the words of blessing were pronounced, he took off his fine feathered hat and bent his head. The girl with the black mantle stepped onward into the shadow of the dark hall and kissed the lady's hand, and that was all the lad could tell to the group that gathered round him on his return, eager to hear everything, and to know how much the squire had given him for his services. From all I could gather, the manor-house, at the time of the squire's return, was in the most dilapidated state. The stout grey walls remained firm and entire, but the inner chambers had been used for all kinds of purposes. The great withdrawing-room had been a barn, the state tapestry chamber had held wool, and so on. But, by and by, they were cleared out, and if the squire had no money to spend on new furniture, he and his wife had the knack of making the best of the old. He was no despicable joiner. She had a kind of grace in whatever she did, and imparted a...